Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to the Boss Chronicles for part three of our lessons over the years. Um, this is a show for small business owners to be a part of our successes and challenges in growing our businesses. I'm Coach Donald from Global Human Performance. Rhonda from Manifest Success Company. And this is the end of our series. We're gonna bring you all the way up to date to the lessons that we learned um, this year alone. Mm-hmm. All the way up to today. There's always something to learn. Still learning lessons right now. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so leave a comment. We, you know, we're gonna ask you at the end, but please, we've been looking at seeing how to, you know, best pivot to show it and show it. So please leave a comment at the end. Let us know what you think. Peace. Mm-hmm. So 2021. 2021. So 2021, I now have three, at the beginning of 2021, I now have three separate businesses. And I'm starting to look a little busy and a little little all over the place. And so I'm like, how can I bring these three businesses together? Um, They're all connected in my mind because they're all connected through like business and like just growth and trying to be the best that I could be personally. And then I, I, I transfer that business wise of like making my, my companies the best and making my clients the best. And so I pulled that all together under the theme of black success. So the whole kind of theme of manifest success company is black success through entrepreneurship. And so we model it through MO Lawn Care. We coach people through Manifest Success Business Coaching. And then we bring this community together through the co-working space. The biggest lesson of this year is that even when you're doing a lot, I like how you said, like, don't be afraid to throw it away and start over. There have been so many times where I've had, and I make like long plans. Like I make it like a, a plan that might be a year, five years, 10 years at a time. And I will definitely throw it all away and start over. Um, I think my lesson of this year is value. Like value, but also just focus. So like focus in on what it is that you're good at, who you wanna serve, how you wanna help them, and then find out what the value of that is, if that makes sense. So really focusing on all the things that you turn your head away from in the beginning of the businesses because you're working in the business. And so when we're working in the business, we wanna keep our head down and we wanna do the work, but we're really like low key hiding from certain other higher level things that we need to do that we don't wanna do because that changes who we are in the business like it turns us into a ceo and we're still like scared Mm. like we're still like oh i don't want to i don't want to like do all those things yet because then i have to be like it's real then i have to show up a certain way all the time Mm. and i don't know if i can show up a certain way all the time so i would say number one i don't show up a certain way all the time (laughs) It just it's just life right even even all your faves even all the people that you watch and look at start to notice this that they don't show up 
the same way all the time. Like my fave in, in life and everything in business is Cardi. Like I love Cardi, right? And she really shows me, like, if you ever follow Cardi's Instagram, you follow Cardi? No. Cardi is a clown. And I say that in the best way. Like, she's very funny. You go on her Instagram and it's just craziness. But when it's time for her to go to her craft, you see this, like, flawless execution of her craft. And I feel like for so long and before you know, social media was what it was, we were trained to have this like professional self mm -hmm. that we always showcase. Professional is interesting. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, you gotta be like all, you gotta be on point all the time. And so I think that there's a way to just be genuine and to be true to yourself and not feel like you have to show up in any way that's not you. Like, so what my business has really taught me this year is I can I can call everyone sis, I can send my clients little, you know, memes and I can respond to them with emojis in my emails and like I don't have to number one code switch. Like I, I can just be who I am because this is my shit. Like and so I feel like you get to a point in business and this, you can answer to this too, but this might just be um, for black people. If you are in a world where you're constantly under the gaze of other people and you finally get to, in business ownership this year, I feel like I finally got to a place where I could just sigh and relax and just be like, this is who I am. This is who I am. This is the value that I provide. This is who I want to focus on. And that is what it is. And I've gotten so much more, <clears throat> so so much just floating after I was just like, yeah. Like, so you mentioned, uh, you know, being able to put emojis on those, on those replies, being able to, you know, call your client sis, like, what, what, what kind of things, were those like the main things that you had to like work on, I guess, bring under your umbrella of who you are, who you're gonna be in business, right? Because this whole professionalism thing, mm -hmm. they make it sound so like you gotta be cold as ice. Right. And uh, you know, for us, like I used to code switch a lot. I code switch a lot less now, but I used to code switch a lot back when I was younger. And like it was, you know, like what kind of things did you feel like you dropped to like be more authentically you? So I'll say that I I feel like I went through a journey of and it's very weird. So I feel like I went through a journey of of moving more towards assimilation. Um as I went through high school, I went to Kappa. So I feel like I went, I was in like all classes with all white people. So I feel like I kind of started the assimilation journey there. And then when I went to CCAC and then Pitt, I think I just had this like feeling of, you know, this is who you are now. You're this college person. You're this, you know, you need to present this certain way. And then of course, to get jobs, you really have to present a certain way. Um, and so I feel like it was very unconscious, but looking back, I can kind of see the evolution now. And then I feel like I went, so it's definitely like a bell curve. Like I feel like, you know, middle school, high school, college, and then CYF was probably like the pinnacle of that, like, and feeling uncomfortable, but not knowing exactly why, and only feeling slightly uncomfortable because it, it's still a social work position. And so social work is a little different. It's not like 
working at a bank where it's like, you know, I've heard stories of people really like telling hardcore stories of like racism and like people touching their hair and like people just like really with the, the microaggressions and which you didn't really see at CYF as much because it was a, like, we kind of mostly came from a social work background. Um, and then the office that we were in was like, like 60, 40 black. So social work school, you get taught don't touch black women's hair. Right. right. <laughs> you learned that at university. That is that is social work university. And so I didn't have that um, experience. And then after CYF, where'd I go? Um, I went back to school. And then I think that's when I kind of went down on the bell curve because now I was in this master's of social work program. It was like a joke. It was like, why am I here? I've aspired for so long to get this master's degree because it was gonna make me something, I don't know what, right? And I was there and I just sat back and I was kind of like, I could teach this. Mm. Like, I, the, I'm not getting any value from this. And the parallel of not getting value from that showed me my own value. Mm. Wow. And okay. so I feel like when I found my own value through thinking somehow that all these people with master's degree were better than me or something, and then realizing like, no, they're not, that that value re, you know, reintroduced me to who I was as a person and what I valued. Um, and just what I wanted to do. I was always doing what I was supposed to do. I never even thought about what I was, what I wanted to do. I just did what I was supposed to do. This is how I'm supposed to talk, this is how I'm supposed to present. And so through Manifest Success Company, I started thinking like, I, I remember I would type out, cause I've always been content creation. So I would type out and then I'd be like, no. And I'd erase it and I'd be like, no, this is not a paper. Mm. This is not a, a, a case note. Like everything was very objective because I was used to that school paper. I was used to that social work type writing. And then I just think through my content creation, just being like more free. So in terms of what, what I wanted to do, I would say just talk the way, like I would always write like, like in person, I'll say like, what you doing? Like, what are you doing? But when I would type it out, I would feel like I would say, what you doing? And then I had an old English teacher that was my friend on Facebook. And if I would type something like that, she'd be like, Rhonda, you are so smart in my class. You're too smart to talk like that. And I remember every time she would comment, it would make me uncomfortable, but I wasn't sure why. Mm -hmm. and, and then one day I just deleted her. And then it came to me like, oh, like I can talk this way and still be smart. Like this is my native language, like African-American vernacular English, whatever they're calling it nowadays, right? This is how I talk. Like this is, this is how I was born, you know, this is how I was raised talking and it doesn't mean that I'm any less intelligent or smart or whatever. So I think the biggest thing was learning that, you know, the intelligence that I've always had wasn't negated by the choices that I decided to make, whether that be, you know, how I dressed or how I spoke or 
what I shared this stupid meme on Facebook didn't mean that that was my whole personality. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Thank you. That was a good answer. Yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. That's something that I've been like working on being able to better do these last few years. It's like I used to code switch a lot in undergrad. Well, as a kid, I you know I lived out. I went to Montour like area school district as a kid. But like at home, we lived in a section eight housing project, and so it was weird going to school with like you know people that weren't working. We had we had people that you know that, that kind of lower class is kind of a gritty feel, mm -hmm. and then going to this upper middle class school. Right. And so you go from people who have these families with professional jobs to like people who work like two and three jobs, or other people who just ain't working. And like I had a code switch back then. And right. then like going through high school, I went to like, you know, Penn Hills, Woodland Hills, Oliver, Wilkinsburg, which like, so Montour, then Penn Hills, then Woodland Hills, then Oliver, then Wilkinsburg. So like my schooling journey changed a lot. And then right. boom, Slippery Rock, which is like countrywide. And then like- I, I went to Slippery Rock for orientation and I was like, I'm not coming to Penn <laughs> So like <laughs> college was the pinnacle of code switching. I had perfected code switching. I could talk to anybody at that point. Right. Uh, and in grad school, I got to be around international people, and like that changed everything. But and actually brought it down because then I started like dealing with more people, and I didn't know I didn't know whether to be white dog or black dog. Right. <laughs> like I didn't know because like you're from India. I don't really know how to talk to you right. actually. So then it was like, well, let me just be me. Like let me right. talk to you how I talk to myself. It got exhausting. It was exhausting. It got exhausting. And so I was like, let me talk like how I talk to myself, which is closer to how I talk to my friends, but it's different. It is different. Like, and then I brought like, instead of being like real kind of like hood speak, but like overly coastal, like I found myself not in the middle, but it was it was slightly towards the casual side. Right. But like, I don't have no hesitancy to throw big words in there, but still I use way too many contractions at the same time. <laughs> and and so like, yeah, then over the course of the business, I was like, I did coast or coast switching again. My clientele, you know, I, I realized those pricing hats. I had like a lot of my clients were actually like PhDs. So I don't even realize these people are, you know, doctors of philosophy or whatever. And well, like I said, yo, I need to chill. This is my house. Right. This is my house. I'm talking how I want to talk. I don't cuss like crazy. That's the only thing I really don't do. Exactly. But, and like, I think I don't necessary. know if it's I don't know if it's having a space because I felt that exact thing when I got the co-working space. Like this is my shit. I'm, I'm gonna do what I want in here. <laughs> Whoever wants to come in can come in, but you gonna get all of this yeah. when you you decided to step forth into this room, into this space. This my shit. Like <laughs> I need, I need for my friends and my clients who might make two hundred thousand dollars who at their household, they need to both see the same me. Right. They might see different versions a little bit, but like they need to see like, oh, that's that's just Donald being Donald. Right. And, uh, and so that was like a big thing. Um, so 2020 for me, I'll, I'll keep this concise. For me, the big thing was rest is a prerequisite for good work. Mm. I found that the more hours I spent working, the less money I made. The, the months, and especially the weeks, the weeks I worked the least, or the, month, the weeks that I made the most money. I started when I ended, when COVID started opening up, it's been like that just the last two weeks. Last week, I did not make any bread. I worked like 70 hours. I made no cheese. Well, that, no, that was this week. <laughs> the week before that, um, my, you know, my partner, she lives like 
40 minutes away. So if I'm up to her, like I'm up there, and then you know, there's, you know, she's a child, so like there's like hanging out, and I can't be working when I'm up there. Yo, that week, I worked like 50 hours. I might have worked even under 50 hours, which like, wow. that's like the lowest ever. I made hella bread and got new clients that week. I was so efficient. I was so efficient. I felt like a sniper, yo. I got on, boom, knocked out this, made these new connections. I built like three programs and partnerships, hanging out in her bedroom, just sitting there, like, oh, I'm gonna take these 15 minutes to work. Done. Didn't think about work. This week, man, I'm sitting here at 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., you know, coach, do this thing, go do that. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. I wipe myself out after the 16 hour day Tuesday. I made no money. I was doing, uh, this guy I know, he says, don't major in minor things. The weeks that I work 70 plus hours, I'll be majoring in minor don't things. Don't major in minor things. When I cut down like 50 hours, like, it's just, you know, it's still small business, still grind, like, so a light week for me is like 55 hours. I'm trying to, like, I'm like trying to think in my head, like, how many hours I work. That's the one thing I don't keep track of. Mm. How many hours I personally work. I know I'm, how many hours everybody else works. I've been trying to keep track of like time to like just not be working. And I realized like, you know, trying to trying to be a family person now, I've always wanted to be a family person. It's just like part of my identity of, you know, between foster care, resentment issues, and being hyper independent, I wanted to be a family person, I didn't know what to do. So now being in a right. position to try to like work that out, I don't want to be working all the time. And yo, I'm so much more efficient. And if I'm not working, like, if I'm getting my seven hours of sleep and I'm not working more than 10 hours a day, because now my goal is like, yo, can I just work eight to 10 hours a day? Can right. I get to 10? I sleep better, I enjoy myself more, and for some reason, I make more money. Me and my assistant coach, we've literally tracked this, yo. Like, I have a scorecard I've been doing for like over a year. That traction book I was telling you, mm -hmm. I have a scorecard. I know my most important numbers of the week. Lead generation and closing is always higher on the weeks that I work under 60 hours. And really like right close to 50. The weeks that I am overworking and I'm doing, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, because I just be doing stuff, no close, no leads. I gotta come in the Monday morning and be like, yeah, we ain't getting no new leads. I ain't close no new sales. But I worked like 75 hours. And then like the one week I was up her house, like I was at, I was at her house like five days, which is not a thing I've been doing. I don't be in the chick's house that much. I was over there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I was over there Saturday, Sunday. We made like almost a thousand new dollars that week, and I didn't work that much. And I was like, and it's been happening for months, like even before I was in a relationship. Like the week that I was chilling, yo, we we made money, new money, not just like renewal, new money. The weeks that I was just doing too much and, and not resting yeah. enough, it was like I did all that for nothing. And I think don't be afraid to work smarter, not harder. Yes. Because people think they need to work so hard, like to qualify them. Yeah. Yeah. Rest you, is. My hustle culture will get you. I was on that for years. I was on like, that. On that. <laughs> Eric Thomas, I love that. That's what this is doing now. Sleep is for those people who are broke. I'll never forget that. My sophomore year of college, yo. <laughs> I used to subscribe to all of that. Oh so I had a little sleepers for suckers, wristband. All my friends from back in the day know, senior year of college, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, three hours of sleep. Uh, four and a half hours of sleep, Thursday, Friday, weekend get six hours. Like I was on that. Oh, it was so bad. And it messed me up now, because like grad school, 
All I did, six hours was like the number. I knew I needed six, but like, when I started this, five to six. COVID hit, I said, yo, I'm rewriting everything. Nice. I was getting seven hours a night during that whole shutdown. Bro, I can't even get six hours of sleep now. I get six hours, I'd be like, I'm a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine getting a six hours of sleep. I need to get, you know, every once in a while, okay. But yeah. Yeah, I need a good eight. I need a good eight, maybe nine. Yeah, I'm, I need to sleep. But I do also stay up like late. Mm -hmm. So I start my days at 11. Oh, yeah. Well, I start, them, I start them at, I start every day at eight. But I start dropping the kids and shuttling them in the morning mm -hmm. to go. And then I start the work day at 10. See, I like to start at like five or six. And I'm like, now I'm on something. I can get sort of like five or six and get everything done by 10, you know? See, the thing good. is. I just have a hard time going to bed on time. The thing is, when you have kids, they never go away. So you can't be waking up at five because they still won't be there bothering you. You still on duty. They really be sleeping at five. They don't be, they be no, up at five. My kids wake up at six. My kids wake up at six. My kids are crazy. Oh. My kids wake up at six every day. Oh. And I'm like, go away, sis. Let me sleep till eight. Oh. Yeah. They wake up at six and they and they would stay up as late as I let them. I make them go to bed at eight. I can't imagine. I'd, I'd be like, good night. <laughs> good night. When I would be up that early, I'd probably be the only person to wake that I know. Hey, um, so hopefully you got something good out of this. You learned a little bit more about us. Yes. And hopefully this made you think about your journey. What are the lessons that you learned? So please leave a comment um, about what lessons you've learned in this you know, journey for you and your business. And if you're not a business owner, maybe you're just someone aspiring to have a business or you're just watching us. You know, tell us what you thought about, you know, are there any lessons learned? Maybe even in your own personal development and career, you learned a lot of different lessons. Obviously you have, so you can share those. Um, make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast. This is our third episode. We've been trialing this episode. Uh, I mean, these episodes and, and looking at being able to scale this podcast up with like, you know, some nice little bells and whistles. Yeah. But we wanted to get these initial episodes out and get some feedback. So please leave a comment, message Rhonda or me directly. Uh, if you're watching this, you probably know one of us or both <laughs> of us personally at this point. So send us a message. Tell us you know, what you like about the show, what you think could be improved upon it, what you'd like to see, and of course, what kind of topics you want to hear about from us. Because yeah. like, you know, we're 10 toes down just like you. Yeah. So thank you, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Leave those comments. See ya.